Hello everyone and welcome. I am so excited for this conversation today. We're talking about truth uh, with a friend of mine, Renzo Rees Haas. He is in the makings of writing a book called, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it, The Spiral of Truth, Five Steps to Align with Your Truth. That's a tentative, that's a tentative title. Um, let's see here. I'm excited to have this conversation with him just about what is truth. You know, some places think that truth is totally subjective. Some think, hi, Renzo. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. I can see we both have like lush greenery behind us. That's awesome. What's, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm in the um, chalet up north in Quebec. <laughs> you're up north in Quebec. I'm on Vancouver Island right now. So, yeah. Enjoying nature. Yeah, exactly. Went for a dip in the ocean. It's awesome. Anyway, I'm so happy for this conversation. We met uh, <laughs> through the Pulse and Collective Evolution, the Connect app. And we've been in group conversations together. And I just think you have so many cool insights. And I'm curious, what drew you or inspired you to want to write a book about truth? <laughs> Good question. So... Uh, I always had a curious nature, you know, ever since I was a kid, ever since I can remember, my first word was why. It was never mom, dad, it was always like, why? <laughs> I always seek to try to, like, understand, you know, the world around me and myself. And one thing led to the other, and I had a couple of experiences with uh, ayahuasca and mushroom psychedelics, which kind of opened a... Uh, part of my mind that uh, kind of was dormant before, <laughs> to put it in that perspective. Um, well, then after that, I went on with my life and 2020 came by. And you know, we all know the story. <laughs> Facts started becoming like something that weren't even real at one point it was like so many different one fact could be described in so many different ways that it leads to a bunch of different stories so i was always asking myself the questions how do we how do humans reason how do they come up with all these answers from this one video where i see one thing and you may see another one and another person may see from the same you know from the same event so i was like curious about that and started you know reading a lot about truth in the in a philosophical way but also being interested about like all the biases that we have unconscious biases and uh, yeah all the 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 whole uh, uh human reasoning and logos i'm fascinated by that so and i'm curious yeah, for background, what, and it doesn't matter what people do, like, as a career, it's, it's just interesting to, to know, like, what kind of, what have you done throughout your life? Um, and is this in alignment with that? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I was in the military for almost 10 years. I joined the infantry, you know, I was young, you looking for adventure and full of uh, testosterone, just looking to do things, you know, and explore. Because uh, I also have, like, a very grounded perspective on things. Um, I love the, the, the spiritual aspect, 
of it and I, I'm exploring my spiritual nature. But I also like bringing things to a more like grounded perspective. Whenever people start talking about, you know, like the ninth dimension and this and that, I'm like, yeah, cool and all, but uh, how do we, you know, bring practicality to things in our everyday world and how do we apply all these concepts to our physical world? Because we're, we're also like having a physical experience and it's important to, you know, experience whatever there is to experience here, you know, all these emotions, all these like beautiful places, nature and all the, all the beautiful things that come with a physical experience. So, I mean, that's what I did. I was in the military, I was in infantry, and then I, I switched as an imagery technician, so videographer, photographer for the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, until uh, I realized at one point that it wasn't in alignment with my values anymore, right? The whole organization and what it stood for really is, it wasn't who I, the person I have, I have become. So... And then 2020 just accelerated things because they're starting to push like, people to get vaccinated and whatever. Things that we can't even talk because we'll get censored. I know, I know. It's and, like a jab or the, the virus or C. It's, it's wild. It, exactly. So we call it the V. Eh? Yeah. We call it the, the thing. And uh, I didn't buy into none of that agenda. I didn't want, like, you know get that thing in my body so I had to leave either way <laughs> you actually have I a mean, story so you just you left but you just went you didn't okay can you share a little bit of that yeah well it wasn't as simple as like I know the way I'm saying it it sounds very simple but uh, the the whole process of leaving the military was like dealing with the bureaucracy of the organization was was terrible, <laughs> but uh, it took me actually like a couple of years, like two years of you know constant paperwork and memos, to finally uh, get my my release. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my freedom back. <laughs> yeah, and I want to go back to what you were saying before. I think it's really cool, and I like I'm having conversations with people who are very spiritual. We're very interested in the spirituality and truth and what does that mean and, and these concepts and being curious. But we're also like, how do we apply that now? Like sometimes I think this is what you might have been getting at too. Sometimes I think yeah. there's a spiritual bypassing that goes into spirituality where people don't even want to be on this planet. And you're like, but that, but you're here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you're here, there, I mean, there's something you have to do here, right? Or, there's a reason. There's a purpose. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason. Or else you wouldn't be. So, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's so accurate. And that's why, like, I, I, I get lost in, in sometimes in this whole, like, spiritual community thing. Uh, and I always try to keep myself in check, uh, even with my thoughts and try to like normalize you know in conversations the word I don't know or simply like I never thought of it that way you know let me let me think about what you just say let me take a second and analyze your perspective and see if there are any blind spots that I'm missing in my re my own reflection so yeah and I think there's <laughs> something really beautiful and not not in a um 
a, like a extreme self-doubt way, but there's something beautiful in just acknowledging that we both have blind spots and we'll always have blind spots throughout our life. Yeah. And that the exploration of what that is, is part of the process of learning and growing and living. Exactly. Couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. Amazing. I, like, that's exactly it. We need to realize that all we ever have are beliefs. What's a belief? It's it's just like a strong conviction that something is accurate. But that's not the truth. Like Because I like to make the difference between the truth and our truth, which is our truth is our perspective of the truth. And when, whenever I talk about truth, I like to give this, the example of the diamond, you know, the, where there are like a gazillion different faces. The diamond, the whole diamond represents the truth. And every human being is uh, looking at it from different, from just the one face of that diamond. And that's everyone, everyone's own truth. So do you think, so this is the big question, because there are some beliefs that there's no objective truth, that everything is just, we're creating reality, it doesn't, doesn't matter, there's no objective truth. What are your thoughts on, you know, that idea versus there's a baseline truth, or there's a, like, we're creating our reality versus there's an objective truth? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it, it always comes up, this conversation. So... I believe that truth is both objective and everything I'm going to say, by the way, is just going to be my truth, right? So my own perspective. So I believe that truth is both objective and subjective. The objective part is the whole diamond, like all the perspectives combined together and everything that there is, that's just like the truth. And it, it's such a, like it, it's a concept that our human minds can't even grasp or comprehend in my mind um, but the, the subjective part of truth is that's when it comes to like our own truth is that we are creators and co-creators of our own reality based on the actions like the everyday actions thoughts that we that we take we are creating one reality or another ourselves and the people around us too because we are all interacting with each other in a field uh, and it all starts with beliefs right because beliefs lead us to take actions and having a belief uh, for, for a long time I thought like okay so I shouldn't have a belief about anything mm-hmm. but I realized that having a belief is actually a healthy thing. You you have conviction about, like you take a, the best guess you can about how the world operates and who you are and you act according to that, to your values, to what type of world you want to be living in and you go from there and as you navigate the world and as you show up with those values and with those beliefs, you start confronting your beliefs with other people's and other people are going to reflect things that you may have not seen, like the blind spots that we were talking about. And that's going to help you expand your perspective even more. 
so yeah it, it's a process really yeah and i like what i like to say and again same as you renzo these are just my thoughts these are the things that come to to me from the ether or whatever but explore it for yourself everybody listening to this don't just take what we say and be like oh that's truth because it's that's what you're getting at here is we're we're interacting with each other um i think in like an exploration of what storylines or beliefs most serve the greatest highest good that's kind of what i because i always said stories stories the most powerful force on earth and then i thought well no love is but then i thought but the stories we tell ourselves about love and what love is determine how we're living as well how yeah exactly how we experience love itself yeah so it's like cuz i think there's a lot of people and i i mean this again with love and i've been there that's how i know it when you flip your compass on the meaning of love which for me i've i've done it where it's like i become controlling or it's 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 functioning from wounds essentially and survival from childhood when i'm functioning from that place calling it love that ain't love and then or excuse me but again here's the truth so so i believe that that's not true but i base that on the results i base that on the expansion or contraction of the experience of life Does that makes sense okay reformulate that reformulate that for me so okay. so cuz some people would say again that we're all creating our reality so you can't necessarily have a wrong conception of love right the story you tell mm-hmm. but i i personally have seen in my life when i'm functioning or when other people around me are functioning from their wounds calling it love so their survival their attachment style it creates um chaos it creates dysregulation in your nervous system it creates um pain and suffering whereas and and that's their definition that's how they love whereas if you're functioning from love from a definition of growth expansion freedom and you give people the space to do that as well i do see love peace joy expanding so for me that's more true love peace and joy are more true but if we if we flip our definition of what yeah. love is, and that happens to trauma i think a lot Yeah. But, yeah. I feel that as well for me. It's true for me as well. <laughs> that uh whenever we operate from trauma uh we're not I I feel that you know truth just like love it's it's an energy that you feel like that you feel it within you. It's it's just when you hear truth you you recognize truth because it's something that you feel within every cell of your body you're like yeah and it might be a universal truth it might not be one but it feels true for me now maybe if i expand later on 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 the concept and adjust to it i'm going to be adjusting to a new way of seeing it a new truth but for now this is how it feels and it's about being okay with with that as well like being okay with not uh yeah we don't have all the answers to everything um but we are exploring we're in, in a constant state of exploration and expansion and that's at least for me that's what my soul came here to do and the more i i express myself the more my soul expands 
Okay, let's get into because both you and I chatted about this. And I was kind of touching on it. We want to keep things as practical as possible because someone might be hearing this. And I mean, I get caught up in fears of like, huh, am I functioning from the wounds right now? Or am I functioning from love? And it, it gets confusing. So your book, you're exploring the five steps to align with your truth. Do you want to explain what those steps are? Yeah. So the first step is to discover your truth. And we were talking about trauma and everything. I, I talk about that in my book. Like It's getting, uh, becoming aware of our human conditioning. What I call a human conditioning is everything that we thought was us. No, it's not really us. <laughs> you know, everything that was passed on from, from our parents, society, school, you name it. Right? We grew up uh, believing so many things that how of how we thought the world functioned, of who we thought we were. And it's it's about becoming aware of that and you know, healing whatever there is to heal. And it's it's a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight because first you need to become aware of it and just becoming aware of it it's it's a whole like world in itself you never and once you become yeah <laughs> what's that you never arrive you're going to continually throughout your life have more <laughs> consciousness become more aware yeah yeah so and as we discover that we start asking ourselves the questions like beyond all that conditioning and all the stuff who am i really like, without all of that, who am I? And it sounds like a very simple question, but that that in itself is a, it's a whole new process, right? Of questioning yourselves of, like, who we are. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the, the part, that's the number one step. It's discovering your truth. The more you get to know yourself, I, I, there's a quote, I think it was from Tony Robbins that I like, is uh, the quality of your life is a related? Now I'm I'm bastardizing the, the phrases. I, I'm I'm just like trying to find the the right way to say this. It's like the quality of your life is a relation is in direct relation to the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, and it's so true. Yeah. So. The more we start asking ourselves, uh, you know, questions, and I, I, I go through, that. that's a whole section in my book of what type of questions are, you know, help us find more of our truth and what type of questions are really, like, limiting us. Because I don't believe in the saying that, you know, there are, there's no such thing as a, as a dumb question. I mean, there are questions that really don't help you move forward. So yeah. To speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I go through that in that in that part of my book. Yeah. So what's step two? So we first step two is once you once you discover your truth with more clarity. Once you gain clarity on that, is to express your truth. So it could be through the means of uh, speaking your truth literally, like we're doing now. It could be through the means of an artistic expression, like singing, dancing, painting. Uh, and just expressing the the areas of yourself that you came here to express, and 
the the step after that is once you express your truth, you want to start embodying your truth because there's a difference between understanding, like understanding what you need to do, because we all know what we need to do in order to become that that next version of ourselves. The thing is like between understanding but and embodying, there's a difference, right? And the the example I like to give is like the the can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. The example I like to give for that is the smoker, who's aware that smoking is bad for his health, but yet keeps like he understands that smoking is bad, but he hasn't embodied the 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 aspects of himself or the qualities or the you know how can you say that the yeah the 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 qualities that he needs to embody in order to stop smoking. That's yeah. just like one silly example, but, uh, but it, it kind of get the idea. Yeah, it gets, it's, it totally hammers the idea home. I always say like, if I asked anybody, write down the 20 things you need to do in your life in order for you to live a more full, express, beautiful life, most people know what they need to do. Exactly. But, it, but it's the actual doing of it and as you're saying it's an embodiment it's not a mindset thing people know what they need to do in their mind so it's something else yeah yeah so yeah once you embody your truth uh you want to stand in your truth and what do i mean by that as you start you know expressing yourself there's going to be outer, you know, voices uh, trying to shake you from your truth, from expressing yourself. And it, it's about like keeping a flexible mind and being willing to, you know, have a healthy ego and stepping outside of our ego to take criticism because criticism is it's not a bad thing, right? I mean, if it's done as constructive criticism, it's not a bad thing. All the, all the opposite. That's what helps us grow. Yeah. So it's about like filtering that information, filtering the haters from those who really want to help you, you know, move forward with your, with your thinking, with your whatever expression that you're doing. And for that, I know that intuition uh, is very criticized when it comes to finding our truth, but I think that's like a a key element, you know. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I've been I've been following some people who are really getting good at discerning when it's your intuition versus like your survival wound programming, because that is mm-hmm. the hard thing to discern in your body sometimes as well. You're like, this is my it is. everything's like I can feel something bad's gonna happen, and it's like. No, that that's probably just the addiction to survival that you grew up in. Your intuition is what I found, or I say like that connection with God. Um, it's a lot more of a clear, steady, grounded experience than the experience of fear, the experience of uh, survival. Yeah. Yeah. To me, intuition, and as it's it's a muscle, right? That I. You learn to develop it. And what I found out is that intuition doesn't come with a, a particular emotion. It just, it, it, it simply 
it, it it's like an image that pops out of nowhere in my head without any emotion attached to it. After when I start putting it like emotion to it, that I know that's my mental like kicking in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that's how I learned to distinguish um, my for myself what intuition is versus my just my mind telling me stories out of my wounds and and other things, you know. Yeah, and I'll, I I want to bring it back to a practical example. For me anyway, I don't know what it was like for you. Um It wasn't even like an intuitive nudge. It was like just such a solid knowing, and this is I think an example of standing in your truth. Like I wasn't going to get the job. Like it was just for me and for where I was at. And I'm not saying this was for everybody, but it was just like there's no way I'm doing that. And me doing that would be a complete abandonment of embodying who I am, what I'm about and the truth. Um what was your experience on that? Is that a good like tangible example? Well, can you repeat that for me? Yeah. Cuz I'm trying to understand like what. So a tangible like I... for people, I I I'm totally cool for some people, their intuitive nudge was to get the job or their their truth. Okay. For me, standing in my truth, even though I knew I was going to like lose my job and potential friends and family. It was just like such a solid like I'm standing in my truth. I'm not going to be getting that. It was such a clear message in my body. There was there was no, you know what? This is a good way to say it. There was not really any emotion attached. It was just a very clear no. <laughs> yeah, okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's different for everybody because there's always a a higher truth from like like I'll give you an example a you're a white female and let's give you another uh, let's say journalist okay that can be one truth but a higher truth than that is that you are a female and a higher truth than that is that you are a you know a soul or energy And what's higher than that I don't know there might be something else other than energy that we were not even aware of who knows but what i mean is that we we like we look at things from from this perspective and we forget that there's there's a higher truth that we may not even be aware of and everything all this jab thing happened for a reason even the people who chose to take it like they help helped us work on our wounds not traumas and us by choosing not to we help them work on their fears and and so it's i think in the end it was it was a it was a mutual not mutual but uh yes how can i say this it was just meant to be that way in order for us to you know come to new realizations and and work on ourselves I I expand our consciousness even more. Yeah, I think that you're hitting on something that's really important to t- to touch on is when we see things as essentially a mutual uh environment for growth. I don't want to say triggering because it's like but that's kind of what it is. It's like mutual triggering in certain ways. And yeah. for for anybody who on whatever quote unquote either side was majorly like getting riled up about the other side as i think what you're getting at is there's a higher truth to what's taking place and it's not so like 
no one should get the jab or everyone should get the jab. Yeah, and I talk about that in on on standing your truth that section. There's a part and I have it here cuz I people think I remember everything that I write on my but I don't. I I keep my notes here so <laughs> it's like to be careful not to fall into a, a tribal mindset trap because we we're very quick at putting ourselves in and like you know my group versus your group like the the vax versus the unvax or the whatever that is you know liberals versus conservatives uh, and is to be careful not to put ourselves in there because then we're we're limiting our our perspective more as soon as we as soon as we fall for any type of like group identity uh in a way that it that is you know um not in a healthy way because you can also have a group identity with like culture uh, uh which is it, it's not a bad thing in itself like in like embracing different the differences it, it's actually great uh having different learning from different cultures and stuff but it's when it becomes a a a fighting type of mode that that it can degenerate to something more you know dangerous like we've seen it yeah the beginning of times <laughs> yeah exactly it's, there's something beautiful about being a part of a group and belonging but when you're willing to dehumanize and attack others I am. to keep that identity so you're keeping yourself safe that's really dangerous yeah mm, exactly and that's one of the you know the the i think the the crucial the most crucial attitudes or mindset to have when seeking for truth is to not fall for that and to also you know keeping the subject outside of the the substance you know, and to be like what sorry expand on that a little bit more yeah subject outside so what i mean by keeping the subject outside of the the substance of the of the conversation is to realize that people are not their thoughts are not their that whatever that person is saying is is not them right we might be talking about we can and in that way you can talk about anything without getting triggered because you're no longer attaching the idea to the person it's just a person having ideas and talking about them and and exchanging it doesn't become a personal thing anymore it's more like okay you are you're there in your reasoning and i'm here in my own reasoning fine we can agree to disagree and i mean as long as you don't try to manipulate my reality or force me into anything then we're cool you can keep living your life the way you think is best for you and i can keep doing my thing and living my happy life <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so interesting cuz throughout this whole um pandemic there's been so many personal attacks from either side. It's like it's like real not 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 attacking the content or the substance. Like like sure, poke holes in what I'm saying. Absolutely. But, I invite you to do like I'm more than glad when people do it. Okay. Cuz it's fun. This is the other thing. Like we can this is what's fun about about people and having different ideas as we get to like explore together. We get to building a puzzle, you know? Yeah. 
it's a puzzle <laughs> and I, so many people rip themselves off from doing that puzzle and connecting with people in that puzzle because they take it as a personal thing or it's it it um it threatens their perception of their safety and their certainty. Yeah, or even their their sense of identity because they identify with that idea so much that it they make it about them yeah yeah and anybody who's really like this is what i find the things that i'm most solid in and i tr i have kind of um worked them out in my belief system people mm -hmm. can question them all day long it doesn't trigger me yeah yeah so, so what are the moment we start censoring things you know that we're drifting far away from the truth because someone who's speaking truth in their mind they're not afraid of it being questioned right and they and that's the whole thing of the the whenever people say well uh, I believe in science. Yeah, but isn't science about like questioning the world around us and you know being in that in that mode instead of having like you know uh, a certain well how do you say that? I'm, I'm, like, like I'm forgetting. I've been in France for so long now that I'm I'm forget. I'm starting to forget how to speak English. <laughs> No, that's totally fine. I think what you're getting... Certainties about something. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's like, um, it's like so I know, the, the whole follow the science thing in itself is humorous because science in itself is about constantly critically thinking, questioning, and trying to poke holes in what you're doing. Like, it's... That has been the most astonishing propagandic slogan, I would say, almost in history. Follow the science. The science, yeah. yeah, the science actually <laughs> follows the results. You have to see results exactly. in order to have scientific. Because um, then we're falling again into another dogmatic thinking, you know. Yeah. Another type of tribalism, like oh, I'm with science. I'm with that group of science, you know. Yeah. And then and, there's yeah. self-righteousness that comes with that because, like, I'm not silly like those spiritual people. I believe. Yeah. Science. Yeah. Um, okay, what are, let's, I have a few more questions. Um, what is the biggest lie you once believed? I love asking people this. What is the biggest, the biggest, the biggest lie I want to believe? You once believed. Oh, the biggest lie I once believed. <laughs> it was that the government actually cared about me at one point. <laughs> so many people, you're the third person that. Yeah, am I the third person that? Okay. Well, here's another one. Okay, I, I don't. I don't want to give you the same as. I'm gonna to try to give it a different one. Let me. Let me think about it. I one think it's, it's. It's interesting to see that through line is that people because you worked for the government for for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to give you another one is the biggest lie that I used to believe. Okay, just give me a second to think about that, okay? Do it. It was that there was nothing else beyond this physical experience. And I, and I was never really a hardcore atheist, but I was more of the agnostic type. I was like, yeah, maybe, but 
whatever. I never really put more thought into it. But through my own experiences, and I know it's our, our senses can sometimes deceive us, and yeah, sure, I'm aware of that. But uh, just like our senses can deceive us, also scientific studies can also do that, and just everything else can also deceive us. So I choose to, yeah, trust my senses without, you know, saying that this is the absolute truth. But I have a strong belief that we are way more than just this physical body now. And that changed my what, my truth. <laughs> and um and was there like a specific event or something that happened that shifted this for you? It was uh my psychedelic experiences. The like ayahuasca and mushrooms yeah. The first one with ayahuasca yeah. made me realize that you know, the earth on it, the earth itself was its own conscious being. Like the earth had its own intelligence, its own, and it's communicating, just not with words, not just not the language that we know, but it, in terms of energies, it's always communicating with us. And the mushroom experience was more like a an extraterrestrial type of contact that I have. That's Which amazing. I can go on for hours. <laughs> it's so, there's so much to know and I think that is what scares people because it's it's when you have that safety of what you, what's true to you to expand and let go and be easy with that. That can feel really um unsettling but i think that's oh, yeah. actually where we meet ourselves i think that's where we meet ourselves is when we start to expand and let go of who like what you were saying earlier all these programs and ideas of who we are Absolutely. but on the flip side i will i will say that i think sometimes people pendulum swing too much where i often ask myself now and ask other people like who do you want to be who do you want to be like what do you want to bring to this world because there is i think when you get i think we get to choose i think there's a choice that goes into it too. yeah and it's something that can happen with truth seeking we we seek so much to find the truth outside ourselves like oh what's real what's not that we forget to create our own experience of yeah and it is a path like, which you like, can get lost, like, profoundly, because there's so much. Like, I mean, philosophers spend their whole lives trying to explain what the notion of truth was. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to be able to do it here on Instagram Live. So if you guys thought that this was about, like, me telling you what the truth was, then you're in the wrong place. But we can definitely, you know find some insights and, and reflections and, and concepts to how, on how to navigate uh, our truth in a way that it that is much more purposeful. I, yeah. I totally agree. And why do you think, you know, there's that saying, people are like, oh, I wish I was, you know, ignorance is bliss. What are your thoughts on this idea, ignorance is bliss? <laughs> 
in a way it is but in, it's like i have conflicting ideas about this it's like one part of me says yeah i, I would rather just like you know live in my little happy bubble like knowing that nothing and just like on the other hand i also like i have a love for truth that can you hear me your internet's kind of being weird it's kind of, i think it's yours because i just checked oh, really? but maybe it's mine okay can you hear sometimes me sometimes if you take it off the line. yeah yeah i can hear you okay. just a little bit yeah i was so, in the matrix so ignorance is yeah you're in the they're trying to stop our conversation <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, in a way yes, but it, on the other hand, like I have so much love for truth that it's one of my like in my top values that it'll be hard for me to just like not try to find more truth. It is just I don't know, it's yeah. hard, it's 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 bigger than me it's just uh i'm i'm drawn to that curious nature to want to like explore and learn like i like if that's something that i can't stop doing is constantly learning you know i know and so then i wonder cuz like i've i mean i've heard this before but i don't believe i don't believe ignorance is bliss i think that i think that there's something in us as humans and maybe this is just me projecting me onto other people maybe there are some people who don't have this like what it seems we both have this like hunger this like this hunger to explore and to expand and to grow so being ignorant actually is very painful because it's complacent it's it's yeah. it's just uh, it's not who i it's not who i am so then to me that just seems like torture but again maybe i'm projecting who i am on other people yeah no i like i agree with you because i also have those values you know but uh i guess at, at certain levels staying ignorant might lead you to a happier life i don't know i'm i'm just saying it but i i really don't know but i i don't like not for I me it, not my type of happiness like for some people i guess that that could work <laughs> and i think it it might be like um because nobody thinks they're ignorant either this is the thing i don't think there's people who actually think they're ignorant um i think we all are at some level there's exactly exactly that's exactly what it means just sim- simply means we ignore all... some things yeah for sure we do like <laughs> but wanting mm, to stay wanting to stay ignorant that's a different thing like uh, closing ourselves to see it's different that being ignorant like i i am ignorant in in many areas but i don't want to stay ignorant like i want to move forward i want to learn and grow and i guess there are people in this world who it's not their priority i don't know who prefer to stay in that comfort zone of ignorance it's interesting cuz you're right we're all ignorant like and there's and it's it's impossible for us to learn all the things about all the things in our life 
But I think you hit the nail on the head when you're kind of alluding to choosing ignorance is when you get signals in your life and you choose to stay turned off to them. And those signals come in forms of pain and suffering. When you're getting these little hints of pain and suffering, if you choose, so, so then that kind of makes the whole statement incorrect because it's not bliss to be suffering and in pain. And that's where we most, I think, um, need to explore growth is when we're getting yeah. these signals. Because if someone's physically unhealthy, this is a tangible way, someone's very physically unhealthy, but they don't want to look into ways to actually heal that, are they in bliss? Well, uh, yeah. the thing is, if they're physically in pain, yeah, maybe not. But sometimes ignorance can look like comfort. Well, they're in a situation where yeah. they're comfortable, just comfortable enough to get by. But like, like I'm going to give you an example. When I was a photographer, a videographer in, in the military, I was in a com comfort zone, right? It wasn't a bad job, but it certainly wasn't aligned anymore with my soul's purpose. Like what my soul was pushing me out of there. I could have said, well, I'm, I'm not bad here. Like I'm comfortable. I'm staying. That's if I wanted to get the, the VA as well. Like I could have done that and not be unhappy, but also not be fulfilling my, my purpose. And to me, my priority in my life is that to fulfill my soul's purpose and, and always listen to my soul. Uh, but for other people, I guess they don't want, uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's a good question. It's, it's, so yeah, it's, it doesn't always look like un and comfort and, and pain. It can look like a comfort zone where you're like, yeah, good enough, but not like super fucking awesome. You're just good enough, right? But you're afraid of and, and maybe that's, that's almost more dangerous, this comfort zone. Because then it, it keeps people like not, yeah. I think that's the most dangerous, the comfort zone. Because when you're when you're feeling unhappy and when you're like you're miserable, like you're like fuck it, I have nothing to lose. I'll just get out of here anyways. But when you're feeling comfortable, that's when it's the hardest to take the step to you know your next version. <laughs> and I think too, people get confused because they look around their life, they go, "I have a good life. I'm comfortable," and then they start to beat themselves up. Why am I feeling these emotions? But the emotions of like dissatisfaction, the void, they're pushing you to explore and expand, I think, more into who you are and, and more into perhaps how you said it, the higher, tr higher truth of who you are. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good for the conversation. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think are some misconceptions about truth that people have? That there is an objective truth only, or that there is a subjective truth only, or that, oh, here's one, that some truths can be impermanent through time. Uh, and that, I mean, if we look at time as a linear 
concept of time from this part of truth, yeah, but on a higher level where time is not linear and time is just a dimension where it's a whole present moment, there's no past and future, it's just a big present, then truth is always there at maybe different timelines, but the truth is, is, is permanent there. So who am I to say truth is impermanent or permanent? Maybe there, maybe it's both. If we look at it from one perspective where, where the time is linear, it's impermanent. But if we look from the other perspective, it's permanent. So Very fascinating. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's your internet's kind of coming in and out? Do you think it's yours or mine? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you well. Maybe it's mine. But it's weird because I have like all bars on my thing. That's right. Who knows? Again, this shadow banning. No, I'm just joking. I don't actually. Yeah, that. maybe we've been shadow banned. Who knows? <laughs> sometimes I, yeah. Sometimes there's a. Um, that's a whole other conversation. I don't know if you found it. Like sometimes I do affect electronics and things like that, but I don't think that's what's happening. I think that it's just. Maybe maybe mind. it's me affecting electronics. Maybe it's both of us. Because then yeah, the exactly. connection becomes stronger. <laughs> yeah, weird yeah, things can totally. happen when you group together. Or... Okay. Um, let's 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 uh, wrap this up. So, what are some practical ways someone can start to explore truth? And and in your opinion, you know, it can feel like a it can feel really overwhelming. The idea, the first step that you talked about is becoming conscious of your programs, becoming conscious of what's really you and what's not you. That can feel really overwhelming. So what are some ways people can start to venture into that? It's to first keep an open mind, you know. Always keep an open door in your mind that, you know, anything can be possible. Don't believe everything you say, everything like people say, but always keep an open mind of the possibility that something like that can exist. I think that's a good way to start. And to simply follow the, the five steps that I was talking about. And the, the, these steps are not, are not linear, by the way. You can be in, in, and they don't follow a certain hierarchy as well. So you can be in the step of discovering your truth and at the same time expressing it or, you know, it's, that's why it's called it's the spiral of truth. Because when you go, once you go through these five steps and you, you enter a new comfort zone, uh, these five steps push you to a new level of, you know, embodiment and take you out of that comfort zone and get you into a new one. And it's, it's a spiral. It's, it's an infinite spiral from my perspective. I don't know, maybe one day it's going to end, who knows? But the way I see it, it's a, it's an infinite spiral. That's why I call my book The Spiral of Truth. But I'm to so also excited. keep it like a game, you know? Keep it playful because it's easy to get like frustrated when following this path and 
So yeah, to just like you said, ask ourselves who do we want to become, and start taking our actions from there. You know, reprogramming our beliefs, realizing where are we limiting ourselves, what are those limiting beliefs, and how can we replace them by more and powerful beliefs. What is a belief that you have that empowers you? A belief that I have that empowers me yeah. is that I'm able to grab any subject and think of it in a logical way. And I have a superpower of talking to people and make them realize their blind spots as I realize my own. <laughs> as you realize your own. Yes, I love that. I love <laughs> that. Oh, I love the superpower. The superpower and I have that ability to seeing... question myself and how uncomfortable the, the triggers might be. I like diving into the deeper areas of myself and, you know, looking at my bullshit and be like, okay, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not afraid of looking at my own bullshit, even though it can go very deep, and it can be very painful. I'm willing to take the slap in the face to get closer to the truth. Ooh, that is so powerful! If everyone in the world was passionate about, or like, or okay with discovering their bullshit, which is essentially what you're alluding to, is shadow work. When we're yeah. <laughs> when when we're able to go there, that tells you that you know that that's not who you are. It's a very empowering thing. So yeah, that's great. Hmm. What are, what, what's a strong belief that you have about yourself? Or an empowering belief that you have about yourself? Similar to yours, actually, like, mm, I have the I have, I have um, a belief in a knowing that I will fulfill my purpose and, and destiny in this life. So no, ma no matter where I'm at, what I'm exploring, what I'm looking at, I know that it's all part of it. It's all part of the fortification and mm, this is the most empowering belief. This is the most, everything that happens to me is working for me. Mm. Even the things that I might undesirable, everything is working for me. And I always see the transformational lessons and everything so then things you might consider trauma become there's actually a thing called post-traumatic um growth syndrome and people don't talk about this but the most amazing Whoa, people in the world i've never heard of that laughing. before look it up it's a real thing i heard I, of post-traumatic stress syndrome being in the military that was a very common thing but uh post-traumatic growth syndrome oh. can you expand it's, on that it's a real a thing bit? and it's yeah, yeah, I want to talk about it more because this is what I'm passionate about is when I follow the people who have the most, in my perspective, fulfilling, beautiful, loving, expansive lives, lives, they've had trauma, but they view their experience with trauma in a different way. And so they grow from it. It's not who they are. It's something that works, in my opinion, works to create an environment to fortify and create pressure so that you can become more of who you are. And I believe that I'm 
I'm divine energy. I believe that I'm, um, yeah, I believe that I, and, and I believe that with everyone. I get excited. There was a while that I would practice walking down the street and pretending that I get to meet God with every person that I say hi to. <laughs> that was my thought process. I get to meet God or source or whatever you want to call with every person I meet. And I would see people smoking. I lived in a really, like a, a harder part of the of town in Edmonton. But I got so like, I was like, hey, there's just a person who doesn't know who they are. Hi, hi, you know, so. Yeah. so <laughs> we are all expressions of that. Oh yeah, you're cutting in and out. Yeah, and I think that that's like really, even people that I like don't like, I can recognize the divinity in them and I can love them. Doesn't mean I like them, but I can act from a place of love. And I'm not perfect at that by any means, but yeah. Yeah. But I think your capacity to, you know, to question yourself, to, to want to get to the bottom of things, to be able to be, you know, fully, raw and honest with yourself is in direct relation to your capacity to embody more love. Because the moment you like remove all the masks and and like you start getting to the more real version of you, then you start getting to what's real love to me. <laughs> It's always I according totally to agree. my my vision. And I recently, I really resonated with this. Someone was saying love and truth are the same thing. They can't be separate. So I think you're right. The deeper, the deeper you That's dive powerful. into like, yeah, the deeper you dive into truth, the deeper love you'll be able to experience. Yeah. And, wow. and excuse me, share, share and be right. Because the truth is we are love, but all that junk gets up. And if we're too scared to just kind of like clean up that junk, we don't get to express fully as love, I don't think. Hmm. Yeah, and I feel that's my truth as well. The, you know, that we are love. And anything outside of love is just delusion and a world of illusions. But... Ooh, hey. that gave me like, that gave me chills, yeah. <laughs> But people, I think they, they hold on to the illusions because they're afraid. Because there's a space between, I found in my life, there's a space between who you think you are and who you really are. And that space is very uncomfortable to sit in like the emptiness of, okay, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting to have that embodiment like you talked about. It's in your mind. And then you go through this space and then it lands And But it's the scary space, to that leap. The space between who you think you are and who you really are, it's, it's not like a, a fixed thing because who you really are, uh, it's like, it's more who do you want to be, who do you want to become because you might be here now, but if you choose exactly to create another reality for yourself, then you'll you will no longer be this version. You'll be here or here. I don't know, depending. 
or where you want to take it. A hundred percent. And as you said that, it, it sparked in me because when, when we come from trauma or, or certain family dynamics, there's no evidence yet that we can be the thing we want to be. So if you're just wanting to be right and look at your life for the evidence of who you want to be, you'll never let go of these identities. But you have to take a leap of faith. I think that's where faith comes in and be like, no, I feel this desire on my heart that I want to be someone who serves people, even though that didn't happen in my family. Or like, this is breaking generational um, patterns. Is like, I don't see evidence in my family of this thing, but I feel a calling to be this thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So powerful. Wait, okay, yeah. internet's being wacky. Friends, we need we need to continue this conversation again. Which we will, I'm sure. Um And the last step. Thank you the Sorry. We forgot the fifth step, which is I'm gonna say it real quick, is expand your truth. Pretty much. Once you get into that, you simply expand. Yeah, and just ex expand a little bit on that. What does it mean to expand your truth? How does someone... So, um, expand your truth is becoming the, the, most, the most expanded version that you can be. So, uh, it's the impact that you create around you. You know, how many lives do you change? How many, you know, people do you help? That That's expanding. That resonates so much with me. It's, it's, it's a, if the work you're doing pushes you further into your, yes, the contribution, your potential, your impact and service, then you know you're on to truth. If it keeps you contracted, I don't think that that's someone's full truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. If it keeps you contracted, yeah, then it's not. You're either not aligned with your truth or you either not ready to fully expand it. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Okay, Renzo, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? Did I, did I get, was I in the matrix again? Yeah, the Matrix has been kind of matrixy today. I'm going to, um, oh, someone's saying, hi, Renzo, watching while driving home. I hope that other people could hear you. Maybe it's just where I'm at, but um, this was such a great conversation. Oh. We'll continue this in the future. Renzo, thank you so much. Keep us posted with your book so we, so I can talk about it more. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll I will. Thank you, Nicole. Okay. Bye. My much love. Thanks. See Take ya. care. <laughs> Bye.